Welcome to the Healing Arts of Being You. Today we have a very special episode prepared for you. Caitlin McCoskey introduced both Allison and Chelsea to the body code as their own practitioner years ago, and the transformative healing that ensued lit a spark in your hosts, driving them to want to share this energetic release and incredible practice with the rest of the world. It's a special kind of synchronicity bringing them all together at the round table to discuss the magic that lives in all of us. Join us as we dive into Caitlin's uniquely spiritual childhood, the science of muscle testing, and the limiting beliefs that may be keeping you from realizing your own gifts and blessings. We are so grateful you're here. Let's get started. All right. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. We are here today with Caitlin Koski, our dear friend. She has been the wizard behind the curtain in both of our journeys, and so we are super excited to get to talk and, and get to hear about her journey and how she ended up in this world of magic and wonder. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for having me, you guys. I yes. do just feel so honored. We're super excited to have you. Yes, Peace, yeah. It feels full circle. It does. Like, even to meeting you, I'm like, oh, I know you. Right. So right. well. Oh, yeah. It's like the second the second you said anything, I was like, ah, oh, there's the place I know and love. <laughs> We're all home. We are all home. <laughs> so for those listening, Caitlin is our body code practitioner. Um, I've been working with Caitlin since 21, I think. Mm-hmm. And then Chelsea, right in the beginning of 2022. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. And so, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's basically kind of our story. We always worked virtually, so just over the phone, not even camera. So we know we know each other's voices very well. And so this is the first time we're actually meeting in person, although it feels like we've known each other for many, many, many years. Um, but what we would like to do today is just kind of give everybody an idea of what body code is okay. and who kind of benefits from that. I mean, obviously everybody does, but who right. is really ready for it? So yeah. um, before I throw too many questions at you <laughs> at one time, uh, do you mind just kind of sharing just how you got into body code? What yeah. was that story like? Well, let me take you back to the womb. <laughs> <laughs> Like, literally, when I, because I've been praying, and I've been meditating, I've been thinking about, you know, wow, how has my journey started? This has been a great reflection period when I knew I was going to come on. And one of the things that, I like, I joke about the womb, but that's really accurate, you know? Um, To take it back, I think, to a really important period of my life, of how I came into this work, was actually when... Okay, I just need to, like, really back it up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my mom and I almost died at birth. Mm-hmm. I had very, very low vital signs. She was flatlining. It was an emergency C-section. Life was a little wild. And my father was standing between me and my little bucket cage thing and my mom and said his first prayer ever. Oh. I know. And he said that in that moment, he believed in God because we both lived and we're all good. <laughs> And it was like, okay. And then my parents really decided to do a lot of things different from there. Um, We are, like, definitely outside of the conventional norm. Both of my sisters then were born at home successfully, happily. One of my sisters was even breech. I mean, it was a really cool birthing experience. And then my third sister was born. My Well, there's three of us total. So my youngest sister was born. And... I was five, and my, so my parents were then thinking about school. And it's like, okay, well, what are you going to do? Because now we have three daughters that came from the same two people, and they are so different. 
okay? And I'm not saying that we're geniuses, but I'm also not saying that we're slow. But we learn different. Mm -hmm. We're different beings. And so they were like, we're going to do things different. And so they started homeschooling us. And so from K through 12, we were homeschooled, all three of us. And it was a really exciting journey, but we've always done things different. And the other piece was spirituality, religion. Like, let's talk about it. It was such a big part of our world, but not really because we did a lot of church hopping when I was really young and realized that we didn't feel like it was like clicking. It wasn't the right spot. And so we did home church and we started inviting people into our home and we would go to other people's homes. And basically we would have like these amazing like Bible studies for lack of better term. And so for my whole life, it's never been about religion. It's always about having a relationship with your creator. And that was really, really important growing up. Um, Really fascinating, actually, growing up to really like, yes, get into the Bible and get into like the word. But then at the same time, like ask big questions like, well, why is that in there? And what does that mean? And what is the Old Testament? What was the New Testament? Like really, really big stuff. That was fine and dandy. It was very like it was educational, absolutely and essential in a lot of ways. But the spiritual piece was the coolest part for me. Like, I lit up. And so we had somebody, another family had joined us that was also homeschooling and also more holistic-minded. And they knew a lot about um, the Messianic Christianity and, like, Hebrew Bible stuff, which was really fascinating. And there's there's a lot that has yet to be messed with by man in that, which is a little bit more prime. Um, and so they knew about spiritual gifts. And they brought that into our work. And that's when things kind of were like, Oh, spiritual gifts. And, you know, you can break it down into lots of different spiritual gifts, but um, really there's about 12. And we went through them and we took different like quizzes and tests, like, well, what are yours? And the truth is that we have all of them within us. All of the spiritual gifts with are within each of us as individuals, which is very cool, but we all have favorites too. <laughs> Like, just like with anything, like you might be athletic, but you're going to have a favorite sport. Mm-hmm. You're spiritual and you're going to have a favorite spiritual gift. Mm-hmm. It's just how it works. Sounds like a Cosmo quiz. Which spiritual gift do you I have? know. <laughs> I mean, it was like, and it was kind of like still dial up internet at the time too. So those quizzes weren't quite out yet, <laughs> but I totally would have been looking yes. them up if I had the opportunity. Um, but it was really clear that when we were going through this work, that my spiritual gift that was my favorite was prophecy. And I thought it was the coolest thing, and it just made so much sense. And so this other family kind of took me under their wing and taught me about the gift of prophecy. And I did something called Theophostic Ministries, which was where they really taught you how to use the gifts that were within you, especially with prophetic healing and prophetic training, Um, which was wild. Okay, I was like 11 years old, you guys. I could not drive a car, and yet I was learning about my gift of prophecy. Wild. I know, and it was so cool. And I'm so grateful because I have parents who are like, this is really, like, unique, and we're going to support you. Like, Mm -hmm. we'll take you to the appointments. Sure, you can do this, like, Mm -hmm. if this is what you feel called to do. So what ended up happening as I was fostering this gift, between about the ages of 11 and, like, 15... Um, I would start getting really, really powerful channeled messages for strangers that I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, that's not scary. <laughs> no, it was like, 
really cool. Um, we would be having lunch together as a family, and I'd be like, all right, um, I'll meet you guys in the car. I need to go deliver this message to this family. And I would deliver the message, have no context for what I was saying at all, have never seen these people in my life. And it's kind of like I would wake up after talking to them, and they would just be bawling, and I'd be like, and you're so loved, and you're so blessed, and I have, I hope you have a great day. And they'd be like, thank you so much. This happened multiple times throughout the course of my life. And it was wild. And my mom would always be like, are you okay? Like, that seemed like it was a lot. Like, she was always really respectful, but also wanted to make sure that I was okay because she's my mom and I love her for that. And it was like, yeah, I feel great. Like, I have no idea what happened. I feel great. <laughs> I blacked out, okay? But that was my first experience with what I would say, like, was a spiritual channeling. Mm -hmm. Now, in hindsight, I have a lot more information on what that means and what was happening, and I'm really grateful for that as well because if I didn't have language around it, it could have dipped into places that I wouldn't be happy being in. Um, so, you know, there's a lot behind the veil. And there's a lot of light behind the veil, too, but... There can be some darkness, and we don't have to be afraid of it, but it's important to be aware of it. Really important to be aware of it. Um, so then I became a teenager, and I was feisty and rebellious, and <laughs> I wanted to work, and I wanted to go to college, and I wanted to do all these things that kind of put all of that on the back burner. And um, when I was 23, I moved to Savannah, Georgia, which was so fun. I had not lived anywhere outside of the state of Ohio at the time, and it was a huge adventure for me. Huge adventure. Like, life was so good. I lived at the beach. I had this awesome job where I was in fine dining. I would work from 5 to 10 p.m., make killer money, make friends, meet new people, meet celebrities. Like, just all these, like, fun things were happening in my life. And then one day, I couldn't get out of bed because everything caught up to me. And it was depression. It was really heavy depression. Like, really bizarre and really heavy. And so I started therapy and that was wonderful. It was talk therapy. It was a new experience for me. I had done other types of more like holistic things. I mean, my dad's a chiropractor. My mom's way big in nutrition. Like I had used all these other modalities and pieces, but talk therapy wasn't something that had been on the table before because I didn't really know that I would be supported by it. You know, mm -hmm. if I would have known that I would have been supported by it before the depression, sure. But I didn't know. Um, and we don't know what we don't know. And isn't that great? Mm -hmm. So I started talk therapy, and my talk therapist was wonderful. Oh, my gosh, she was the sweetest. I actually still, you know, stay in kind of like a distant contact with her. She's wonderful. And she and I worked together really lovingly and really felt supported by her for a long time. Well, it wasn't that long, actually, because I was able to tell her exactly what was going on, what was happening for me. And finally, there was one session, and she said... Caitlin, I want you to go see my best friend. And I said, okay. Like, I was open. And so her best friend is one of the first body code practitioners in the United States, to my awareness. And um, she had a waiting list. She was working with soldiers and working with lots of people with lots of trauma at the time. And so she had a long list. And so I called her and we talked and she said, yes, but I can't get you in until now or until th this timeline. And I remember thinking, that's a long time from now. Um, okay, sign me up. But then I had to wait. And I actually called and canceled at one point because I was like, that's just so long and I don't even know what this is. 
which is funny. <laughs> and then I rescheduled, and I finally did show up. And she had, it was an in-person session, which is special, um, to be able to work in person with a practitioner. And it was like a little shack in this, like, faraway town. It was, like, almost like a fairy tale, <laughs> arriving at her place and just being like, okay, my therapist told me to be here, so then she knows her, so let's try this out. So I go in, and I remember in the middle of the session being like, whoa, okay, this is going to be helpful. And then leaving and being like, oh, my light is back. There's a light also at the end of the tunnel that I've been in for many, many, many different reasons, but most of which were that I was just running from myself for so long. So long. Um, And and it was, it was, Spirit and my purpose and what I'm here to do were not being utilized and something had to stop me in my tracks Mm -hmm. because I would have just kept running. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that I was trying to or that it was malicious in the moment, but I needed the redirection. Mm -hmm. And that was totally it. And she changed my life and we still have a beautiful relationship. And um, I really felt like this was it. And so my mom and I, our relationship had gotten really strained in the course of my late teenage years and early 20s. And I called her after that first session, and I was like, Mom, I'm going to be okay. And she started bawling, of course. I mean, it was like a whole thing because we really didn't talk much at that season. And she was like, tell me all about it. She was like, honey. She calls me honey a lot, which is funny because now we have, I have a niece named Honey. So it's, we're, oh, we're changing our language recently here, but that's another story. She's the best. Um, she said, honey, tell me all about it. And these are the gifts that are already within you. And you can get back to your gifts. And I was like, I roll. No, I want somebody to do it for me. No, thank you. Like somebody else is going to be helping me with this, which was great. And, and she did. And then it was about a year and a half later, I was like, I think she's right. Like, I'm still working this job, and I'm still, I had had a lot of other life experiences happen, and actually um, felt like it was time. And when it was time was also a season that Dr. Nelson was doing a live event in Nevada, and my mom, again, being very supportive and like, come on, let's get you back to your gifts, kind of cheerleading me, was like, let's go, let's go, I'll go with you. And so we went, and um, that was the first time that I had really utilized the art of muscle testing for other people. Now, I should also mention, muscle testing was not new to me. I had been muscle testing my whole life. We would go to holistic doctors and different chiropractors and different people that did muscle testing for holistic treatments as well as nutrition. So when we had a headache, it wasn't, here, take some ibuprofen, you're going to be okay. It was okay, let's ask your body what it needs through muscle testing. Let's get the answers. Here's some garlic. Here's some fresh air. Here's mm-hmm. a bath. And your body is doing what it's designed to do, which is to heal. That's how I was raised. But to be exposed to muscle testing in the sense of let's get into your deep subconscious mind and identify the emotions that are stuck there <laughs> was brand new and very cool. So to be able to go into this training with you know a good amount of personal work under my belt but also with this awareness that I'm gonna be connecting with new people was really exciting. Um, And I remember on the plane ride home, I like experimenting with myself, I'm totally my own guinea pig. Um, And I remember being like, okay, and I was prayerful and I was like, God, if you want me to do this work, then I need to have a sign. And me and God have that kind of relationship where we just chat a lot. 
and sometimes it comes through my spirit guides, but it's ultimately always the creator. And I'm like, I had this word on my foot. And if I can release some trapped emotions and it falls off, then I'll do this work. It was a barter. I made a barter with God. And the wart fell off. And here I am. Ta-da! <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Like, within, like, 24 hours, this thing that hadn't even bothered me, but I had just, I was literally on the plane ride home to Savannah from the training with Dr. Nelson. Saw it on my foot and just been like, hmm, well, if you want me to. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll need a little sign. And that was my little sign, which is hilarious. Never came back. Totally fine. And here we are today. So that's how it started. Now, I did body code work um, and stayed in the restaurant industry for a long time. And one of the other feelings around that for me was I feel that this work is so, so, so sacred. And for my journey personally, I was not to advertise. I was not to market myself. I was not to have social media about what this is about. Um, I prefer a phone connection with a client because I feel like the, the screen gets distracting and I feel like it takes away and I feel like there are moments that the ego blocks it from being really how pure it can be when it's just a phone call and I can be so deeply connected to the client's energy. Um, and so that's part of this whole experience as well was how do I build this business? And um, that's kind of how it all transpired. So uh, the way that I get clients is through the ripple effect. And I really, really love it. And it was very clear to me that that was going to be successful. Um, and it was the best way for me to stay true to me. And I love, I have many, many clients now who have gone on to really market the work. And I'm like, yes, thank you for sharing that. Or, wow, you phrased that in a really beautiful way. And it's spreading truth about the work, which is really important. Um, but I've never once felt called to be like, I should start a social media page for this work because to me, that's just not my truth. Mm -hmm. And I've always had a deep, deep peace about it. Mm -hmm. So now I am full time in it and I come to Ohio for in-person sessions about every six weeks. And that gives me time to reconnect with my family and it gives me time to just reset. And for some people, they really, really, really love doing in-person sessions. And I always want to honor that. And so I had come back to Ohio for a small time and now I'm in Beaufort, South Carolina and Beaufort is my home. Mm -hmm. When I arrived there, I was like, thank you. Mm -hmm. Like it recharges me. It replenishes me. I get sad when I leave. Like I don't even, I'm in a season of my life where I'm like, this is vacation. I'm living on vacation. So when I think about taking other trips, I'm like, well, is it as great as Beaufort? <laughs> oh. So that's a good indicator for me. That's your right place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's so fun. So can you please explain what muscle testing is? Yes. It's your body's response to something that's true or false to you. You only know your own truth. Even if it's not everybody else's, you only know your own truth. Um, the sky is blue kind of thing, right? So when I'm teaching people to muscle test, we base that that teaching on what you already consciously know is true and then expand into what you didn't know you think is true. So an example for that would be, okay, I'm going to have you start muscle testing for yourself and, I'll, and we'll ask your body questions that you know are true. My eyes are brown. My hair is brown. My name is blah, blah, blah. My, my birth date is blah, blah, blah. So you work in only the truths, and then you expand it into a space that says, oh, I didn't know that I believe that I'm not good enough. Oh, I didn't know that I believe that I can't be successful. 
right? So what you end up leaning into, that becomes this truth for your body, whether you want it to be or not. So muscle testing is very simple. Um, one of my favorite ways also when I'm encouraging people to learn how to muscle test for themselves is food. I love having people learn how to muscle test for food because it can change daily, first of all, but it can also remain the same. So muscle testing to see, do I need a banana today for breakfast or should I have some toast? It's a great way for your body to be like, oh, okay, that does serve my highest and best good. And I'm in the be like the good, better, best realm for things, right? So when I ask questions with the client, I'm always asking for your highest and best good. You don't have to live by that standard. You're going to choose other things for yourself because, hello, we can't always be in our best, but it's the ideal goal. Mm -hmm. But the muscle testing, it can be done in many different um, forms as well. So okay. the main one is the sway test when people are starting. The sway test is when the body would lean forward into something while standing or fall gently back as that would be a negative for the body. Um, a lot of people will also use pendulums. Pendulums, as long as they're energetically charged to the person and the individual using them only, and it doesn't have any other energy interferences with the crystal that would be part of the pendulum, then it can be used as a good, clean device. That was a lot of stipulation. You have to make sure that it's charged for you and that it doesn't have any other negative energy associated with it. How does one charge a crystal? Full moon, water, ask it, you know, the norm. <laughs> the normal weird stuff. You just stuff. ask the crystal what it needs. <laughs> uh, I remember the first time that we had, the first time we covered something that was a little bit weird and you're like, okay, this is going to sound weird. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you are making a strong assumption that I have not already thought that about everything that's happening here. <laughs> making a strong assumption. It is weird, you guys. That's weird. the best thing about it. And yeah. I love leaning into my weird. I mean, yeah. what other 11-year-old has gone through prophetic training? Like, this is yeah, totally no. part of my truth. Absolutely. And I love bringing the, like the veil of the weirdness off of it mm -hmm. because it is really, like, within all of us. Mm -hmm. Truly. Well, and I should say, obviously, obviously, everybody <laughs> who, anybody who listens knows that I, I see Caitlin, I, I do body code stuff. I mean, I'm not a practitioner. I receive the benefits of it. Um, I recommend it a lot for my patients, especially those who are experiencing chronic pain or chronic illness. Um, and I've seen massive, massive, insane benefits. At the same time... I still think it's weird, and I still don't get it. I don't, <laughs> it I don't know what's happening. It I don't know what's weird. going on. It totally so, is. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, that was me. Um, pushing the table over here. Um, okay, so let me ask you this. Okay. You teach somebody how to muscle test, yes. right? Are they still seeing you for body code, great or are question. they taking care of all of their own stuff? Yes, because it seems like it's so question. hard to see it when you're in the crowd. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so, and I have people ask me that often for many different, in many different ways and in different, like, perspectives. Um, if I'm teaching somebody to muscle test, I still encourage doing personal work with the practitioner or with somebody that they feel safe with because I do. So I, I might, like I said, my, I'm my own guinea pig. So what I know is that I can clear a lot of things to myself, but I can also get in my own way. Mm -hmm. And I can also feel like, man, that's heavy. I'd like some support. Mm -hmm. So I think it's super important that everybody feels empowered to their own gifts because, yes, they are within you. Mm -hmm. But if you need some support, hey, let me help you carry that. Mm -hmm. And let me shed some different light on it, too. I think that that's the important thing about this work is that it's because we only know our own truths. Sometimes we need that new perspective to shine in some things that 
can show us a new way and it's a supportive way. You know, one of the other things about some of my own gifts is that I am so not judgmental. Like you do you, Mm -hmm. please you do you. If that's what you want, if these are your goals, heck yeah, Mm -hmm. we're going to align you with them. Mm -hmm. And if that's your truth and if that's for your highest and best good, it's going to happen. Just like this, like Mm -hmm. us us sitting here right now, this was for everyone's highest and best good. Mm -hmm. And so here we are. Yeah. We made it happen. Yes. So then let me ask you this then, because like a lot of what you're saying, it it translates a lot into PT where it's like, I teach people a lot about how to move their body, how to interpret their body, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I'm like, Hey, give yourself a month or so. If you need me, come back and we can go over more stuff because like I have, you know, the lots of years of experience here. <laughs> we don't need to number numbers. More, more years than my mental math is willing to um, get on right now. Um, and they only have the amount of time that they spent with me. Right. Where it's like you have had many years of experience with this. Mm-hmm. So is there, because it's like, when you talk about like, it's it's a yes or a no, it's a truth or, truth or a false. Like it's it, it just is what it is. Like, mm-hmm. and you said this to me, I'm like, I have asked you many times, how did you know this? You're like, I didn't. Your body told me. Like, your body just told me. Your body communicates well. So my question is this. When, like, with regards to body code practitioners, is there, is it like it doesn't matter who you go to because you're still getting a yes or a no? Or is there an art in, like, the types of questions that you're asking? Or, like, (sighs) explain this to me. I could take this one in like a million different directions. Brain still just explodes every time. So your your relationship with your practitioner or who you're working with is unique to you too. Um, I have just in full transparency worked with other people that I'm like, okay, that was nice. Mm -hmm. And I'll probably never work with them again unless for whatever reason God has a sense of humor Mm -hmm. and it wraps back around to that person. Um, So our relationship with our practitioner is really important. However... um, the way that each practitioner takes it is also different. You know, I know some practitioners really incorporate Reiki. Some people really incorporate breath work. Some people really incorporate chiropractic care, um, PT. Lots of different things go into this work. And we all have a history, too. So the practitioner that's showing up to the call has had their own life as well and will do things and ask things in a unique way. Um, So I... The roundabout answer for that one really is that you're going to need to just choose who you align with. Mm-hmm. Who do you feel safe with, too? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're working with people who have been through deep, deep, intense trauma 99.9% of the time. I don't know anybody who hasn't experienced some type of trauma. Mm-hmm. And so when I ask if I can connect with somebody's subconscious... That's a deep question for me. That's why I felt the best in this modality. Mm-hmm. Because... I felt safe feeling like somebody was asking for my permission. And this is not a slight to any other modality, but not all of them do ask for permission. Mm -hmm. And that to me is a big deal. Mm -hmm. I would never want somebody walking into my home without me inviting them in. Exactly. This is the same thing. Yep. In Mm -hmm. like in a more intense way. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to tap into things that I didn't know about me. Mm -hmm. What? Mm -hmm. You you better make sure I feel safe on the outside. Mm -hmm. And even though it is weird and it takes time to build that relationship, it's still, we get vibes from people, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. yes, you took like a leap to say, okay, I'm going to do this for me. And 
we had a great connection right away. We did. Just in conversation. We did. Well, and I wasn't really doing it for me. I was like, I don't really care about me. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how do I explain this to my patients, you know? Yeah. Like, how do I describe You're to people? You're your guinea pig. I wasn't. Of course. Of course we are. It. I feel like any good practitioner is. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be any good, but I sure as heck am not going to have somebody else do it first on my recommendation. Exactly. So let's figure this out. But yeah, it was mm-hmm. 100% like... Listen, I've seen crazy stuff happen before. Yeah. I have had patients who are doing everything I ask them to do, and they're doing stuff that I know works. Right. Stuff that I have seen work on multiple occasions, stuff that have mm-hmm. that I know for a fact works, and I know they're doing it because they can show me that they're doing it. Right. And we're still not making the progress we should be making. And so, and then they'll go oh. and they'll do some weird thing, <laughs> right, <laughs> where they would come back and they would tell me what they did, and I'm like, in my brain, I'm like, that's not a thing. That's, I don't know what you did, but that's not a thing. cleared a block. And it did. And I will feel their body and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, all of the symptoms are gone. Their tissues feel pristine. Everything is like they never had a problem. And I'm like, okay, well, arrogant Allison, there is other stuff going on that you can't see. And that's where I, you know, I had been earlier in my career. And that's why when we met, I was like, listen, I don't get it, but I'm open to the fact that there's stuff that I don't get. And so when you were like, well, let's just do a session. I'm like... Sure. Like, whatever. And then when you're like, are you okay if I connect to your energy? I'm like, knock yourself out. (laughs) Whatever that means. I'm, like, just sitting here chilling, like, looking at my numbers on my computer for, like, what's the schedule look like? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Knock yourself out. Check my energy. And then you're like, what happened when you were nine? I'm like, I'm so sorry. What? What now? You're like, I'm just getting something big that happened when you were nine, you know? Terror, fear, and lack of control, and blah, Mm -hmm. blah. And that's when we discovered the car accident and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? What is happening right now? I'm like, how did you know that? Your body told me. I was like, this is crazy. This is, I'm in the crazy right now. I'm in the crazy weird. Welcome to the crazy. And I didn't turn back from there. No. Because you knew it worked. Yeah. (laughs) I did. And that's why I was like, it was so... It was, it was a very incredible experience, and I've told this story a million times, so apologies for the repetition for those who have already heard it, but the entire call, I still thought, wow, she's really nice, but she's also insane, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And then you were like, okay, we're going to go ahead and clear this energy. I'm like, sure, again, super nice, <laughs> would love to go out for drinks sometimes, <laughs> but like, this is weird. And then the next day, I like was in a depression, mm. and I was just like what is happening Mm. and it was scary and it was heavy and I didn't like because I've worked with patients who have been depressed and they're like yeah just kind of like I was fine one day and I wasn't the next and it was that way for months and years and it's just Mm. it scared the crap out of me and then and it, it still in that moment did not occur to me (laughs) <laughs> that it was processing, period. Not even the remote oh, thought of my mind. Yeah, like not a remote thought in my mind that this could have ever been anything that was real. Right. And then when I woke up the day after my processing was complete and I felt like Cinderella mm-hmm. with like the sun shining down and the animals dressing me and I'm like, it's a beautiful day and the sky is blue. And I was like, I sent you a message. I was like, what was that? And you were like, yeah, you did. the processing period. I told you this. Like, like we, we talked about this. And I was like, know. I did not know that this. I was like, so you said two weeks then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get <laughs> and that were, next one scheduled. And I was back. <laughs> and I haven't stopped since. Yeah. You and I process very similar, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. We process pretty hard. Yeah. 
Like I don't plan things during processing period anymore. Like, I won't do, we won't do podcast episodes when I'm processing because mm. I'm just like, I, I can't get into that. Crunchy. Yeah. And I get, um, remember the one in December when mm. I was like, got that super insecure. Yep. I was like, I'm a 15 year old kid again. What's happening here? It was horrible. Yeah. And then I, processing was done and I was like, oh, oh well, that's what that was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not everybody has that in all fairness, mm-hmm. but, um, you and I both, and I, I just warn my my partner. I'm like, I'm PMSing, but it's really just processing. processing. <laughs> just processing. It's better for me to describe it in that light for him, so he can be like, Oh yeah, okay. Does he do Grouchy. a body count also? No, oh, yeah. does he? Okay. And I'm teaching a lot of muscle tests. Nice. And, so he understands yeah. the woo. Only now. Oh. Only in the okay. last few years, and he's so supportive. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh, he's so sweet. And he's mu- he does music lessons, right? Yeah. yeah. He's an opera singer, which is wow. so cool, right? Yeah, super cool. That's I love everybody's. I love people. People. That's are the, my favorite thing about this work is like meeting people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and that was actually going to be one of my questions. So, okay. Anybody who's listening to this and they're like, "This sounds super weird." Yeah. But also, I'm kind of open to be being learning about some weird stuff here because I've mm-hmm. seen weird things happen in my life as well that have no business having mm-hmm. occurred yet they did occur. Mm-hmm. What kind of person? Despite the fact that, like, yes, of course, everybody would benefit from mm-hmm. knowing themselves better and being able to, like, clear out the crap that we carry with us that we don't even need and the crap that we're picking up from other people that they didn't even know they put on us and we didn't know they put on us. Right. What kind of person benefits from this type of work? Truly everybody. Yeah. But you have to be willing to be on the call and kind of face yourself. And I do think that that takes a readiness that isn't something that everybody carries. Um, and I lovingly refer to the people that aren't ready just as being asleep, mm-hmm. right? That they're still doing their best, that they're still living as much of their truth as they can access, but they're living with a lot of false belief as well about what they can do and what they're capable of doing. Um, my youngest clients are in the womb, which really is so fun. It gives me chills even saying that out loud. Meeting That's the crazy. baby before they're born and come earthside and have their life experience is so cool. That's so cool. I love getting the pic from the mama of this beautiful little baby. And they'll be like, they're exactly like you described them. (laughs) And demeanor and energy really is, it's being formed in the womb just like the fingernails. What would that look like? Like what kind of, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Again, you're you're clicking on my weirdo meter of like, what's happening Well, it's off the charts. It's okay. Yeah. Talk to me about, like, what what has, like, a, a client call been like in that type of scenario? In that type of scenario. Like, why would the mom reach out to you? Yeah. What's going well, on? One time, she didn't even know she was pregnant yet. That's happened actually multiple times that they didn't know that they were pregnant yet. Oh, so you I'd, were like, hey, I'm getting two like, souls here. <laughs> yeah, like, this ener- that it's so strong that it would come through additionally. And I'd be like, are, are you sure? Are, do you think you could be pregnant? And there was one time it stands out so loud that she's like, no, there's no way. And she texted me two weeks later and she was like, okay, seriously, how did you know? (laughs) But that's the energy just coming forward. Um, And for the other clients that are like actively cooking in the womb, um, they just have their own experiences of being a part of their mother's life. Um, already and some of their own spiritual experiences that are happening for them as they're downloading into the physical form. So is it possible then that the baby can come into the world with trauma already if mom's in a dangerous environment? Even if she's in a safe environment. Because not every day is perfect. 
And if mom's emotions are intense enough or she has an appointment where, let's say she has a doctor's appointment for the baby and she's feeling nervous going in, baby's going to feel that. I've actually never been pregnant myself. And um, so when I connect with women that are or trying or have been, it's always like a different experience for me um, because I can feel that duality because I'm so used to being in my own oneness. <laughs> my, it's just been just me, me here. here. Just <laughs> yeah. me over here. Right. So that kind of, I can feel that in a unique way. Okay. So, okay. See the wheels are turning. I love it. There's um, smoke <laughs> coming out of the ears. <laughs> oh, man. You need to have a drink after this one. Um, so, okay. Do you work with people in the womb? Yeah. Okay, good. I know. It's like my, my brain is reloading. Just yeah. it needs a second here. Yeah, that's fine. Um, okay, so then when you work with people, like do you work with people who like deal with infertility? Yes. Okay, what kind of, is there like a common thing that you're finding in that? Like a common yes. emotion or trapped region? Everybody really is different in that, but usually it's belief system and it's usually fear as well that like their body isn't capable, that there's something wrong with them, that they haven't um, done something correctly. Um, also, you know, the medical field, when they diagnose something, it becomes a badge. Mm -hmm. And when that person is wearing that badge, it's really hard to say, I think we can set that badge down now. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think that that one's serving you for becoming a mother, if that's mm -hmm. what you're desiring. So, yes, yeah. Are you able to work with people and then they can get pregnant after yeah, that once you release that, that kind of stuff? many times, yeah. And sometimes they'll still go through IVF treatments or they'll go through other types of treatment, work with a fertility specialist. My biggest recommendation in a partnership, like if somebody is wanting to become pregnant and is having trouble, is body code and acupuncture. That's like the magic sauce. Really, really, really powerful things happen when acupuncture because in acupuncture in Chinese medicine they work on the meridians the meridians are basically the energy version of your circulatory system so you have blood run throughout your whole body you have energy run throughout your whole body as well mm -hmm. and the acupuncturist will be able to specialize in making sure that each organ and gland is cleansed and ready um, and that it balances things out in a way that really works so mm -hmm. well with body code that's really interesting because I know like if you're working with an acupuncturist, you want somebody who's worked specifically in infertility, right? Like that's kind of like a specialty subset of it can acupuncture. Be, yes. Okay. It doesn't have to be their specialty though if they're doing other things. Okay. Okay. So with regards back to the infertility situation mm -hmm. here, with regards to that, are you finding like a specific location within the body that things are typically trapped? Like is it typically trapped in the uterus or is it usually more of like a hormonal type of situation? It's literally different for every single person. I'm like, my, I'm, I'm filing through all my files and mm -hmm. I'm like, it's so different for each person. Gotcha. Because of the belief systems, right? Yeah. Because if you go back into that just basic what is true for you, what is false for you, mm -hmm. that can be down to a cellular level, that can go into generational levels, that can go into so many different avenues mm -hmm. that it's so unique for each person. It would be hard to group that one into just one ball. So how do you feel towards the, the like, perceived, like, genetic, tr like, um, like, this was passed down genetically? Like, do you feel like it it is actually, like, the genetics of the body, or do you believe it's the beliefs that have been passed down that are setting the genetics in place? Or? So if you break it down to genetics or energy as well. Okay. 
So let's just take it right there. <laughs> Like, so it would be a generational energy, not a genetic diagnosis. Um, and so when you can immediately, like, there's a repression or a limiting belief just in believing that, oh, these are my genetics. Like, I'm stuck like this. I'm stuck like this because is a limiting belief. Because science says yeah. that this is Right, and something. I believe that science has a really, really important role, and we should honor some of the information, but claiming it as a fact makes it a belief. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I see that. I see that so I bet much you in the really clinic. Do. Oh my yeah. gosh, people who come in who are like, "Well, I have degenerative disc disease," like yeah, in their back. That's the biggest that. one. Yep. And it's like, yeah, but you also have been having back pain for three weeks, and you had a degenerative disc probably for a decade. Mm-hmm. So let's just calm down on just like wearing that as like a "This is how I'm going to be the from white now on." Coat diagnosis mm-hmm. is yeah. really intense. Yeah, the the the, the diagnosis I struggle with that a lot. When I have clients getting ready to go for a doctor's appointment of any kind. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad and honored when they share that, and I always know that it's for me to share this with them. Mm-hmm. Go collect the information mm-hmm. and don't wear it. Wear any of it like it's yours yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just collect the information. Collect have the conversation, but don't wear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that. I'll have patients who I'll have like people who will call and be like, "Well, do you treat this or do you treat mm-hmm. that or do you mm-hmm. treat whatever?" Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, but at the end of the day. It doesn't matter really right. if you have this pelvic diagnosis, that pelvic diagnosis, or that pelvic diagnosis, because at the end of the day, it's your nervous system's out of whack. We've got belief systems that are causing the nervous system to be out of whack. We have a musculoskeletal response mm-hmm. to this. Mm-hmm. So you're experiencing pain in whatever organ system you're experiencing pain in. Yes. And the medical side can help. Mm-hmm. with the Band-Aids right. while we get this whole system back online. So can I just point something out, though? Yeah. Like, you just broke down the energy. I you just, just it, like, You kept it, it one, at one place, and it could go even deeper than that, but you broke down the energy just then. You said, okay, I see where this is what you've been believing, mm-hmm. but this is just energy. Yeah. This is your pelvis. Your pelvis is energy. Right. You did that. Well, look like, at you, know, you guys. Go. Just let me grow. You know. <laughs> let her work. Let her live. <laughs> With a hair flip. Yes. Well, that's probably why a lot of my patients are willing to go to body code. Yeah, then. that makes sense. Because it's like that time. Oh, yeah. If I'm that's how well, I'm describing have, the symptoms. Yeah, definitely, you created the safe space for them to understand themselves. People are always just looking for answers. Just raise my hand in the corner again. <laughs> yeah. They're just looking for answers. They want a solution for what is wrong with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the hard thing is, is I think that it is very easy in a Western medical society to hear, this is what's wrong with me, and then I take this pill, or I do this stretch, mm-hmm. or I mm-hmm. do this whatever, have the surgery, mm-hmm. and then now this will no longer be wrong with me. Right. It is a lot scarier to hear... What's wrong with me is that I believe that I can never let somebody down. Right. And therefore, I am living every day of my life to be perfect. And therefore, I'm kicking my cortisol into overdrive Mm -hmm. because I am so stressed out about messing up. Because if I mess up, then who's going to do it for me? Mm -hmm. Or who's going to do it for my family? Who's going to do it if I don't? And then, now that cortisol is robbing our progesterone and estrogen, and Mm -hmm. now our organs aren't working very well. Mm -hmm. And then now our muscles are tightening up because we don't have the proper nutrients that go to the muscles or we don't have the proper nutrients to go to our body to help us. And then now we're in physical pain. But we still have the belief of I can't let people down. So we push through the pain so that we can keep doing the stuff. And then we keep spiraling. It's a lot harder to hear that. (laughs) Full circle. It's a lot harder to hear that for people. Yeah. 
But we're really in a season where more people are waking up mm-hmm. and they are willing and able to hear, oh, wait, maybe it isn't just the magic pill that's going to mm-hmm. save me this time. And I, it's because it's already within you to save yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. hello, exactly. healing. But, you know, people don't. The Western medical system doesn't make money off of you healing yourself. That's true. They make money off of us being dependent on them to give us answers. Yes. And they're there for a reason, and I do really honor that. Oh, yeah. And then I raise my vibration above it because I can't hang out in in that space. Well, it's like, I'm not going to lie. Like, if I have somebody who's coming to see me, they're a postpartum mom, let's say. Yeah. And they are experiencing um, vaginal atrophy Mm -hmm. because of all the hormonal cascading and all the other stuff they have going on. 100% I'm recommending they follow up with their doctor about a topical estrogen. Yes. 100%. That is a a science-based medicine that is going to be helpful in this scenario. Do I think they're going to be on topical estrogen the rest of their life? Probably not. Mm -hmm. But in this moment, in order for us to tolerate the the treatments that you're going to need, yeah, let's get you some support because we've got a long road ahead of us, you know? If I've got somebody who's coming in and they've got, you know, vulvodynia or something like that, Mm -hmm. then, yeah, we're going to talk to the doctor about medications that are going to help your pain levels so that you can tolerate the movements that we are trying to use to break you out of these pain cycles within Mm -hmm. the body. Mm -hmm. But then the goal is, is now once we are moving and we're feeling better, we're going to start weaning those off as the doctor allows. Right. That is safely, that is, that is a safe weaning process from a medical standpoint so that your body doesn't go into withdraw and like start to rebound. Yeah. And at the same time, we're going to be working with counts like mental health professionals, body yeah. co-professionals, chiropractors, whoever mm-hmm. else it is that we need to work on this entire system here. Exactly. And so I have no problem with the medical system when you have good practitioners who recognize their role mm-hmm. and they want to like, let's do the damage control, mm-hmm. but let's all collaborate together to help this person get truly well. Right. Because I'm not sitting here thinking that I'm going to fix everything that they have going on. I'm not prescribing them medication. I'm not doing body code on them, mm-hmm. you know, but I recognize my role that my role is to help them to feel what's happening within their body again, exactly. to start to have control over what's happening and how their body's responding to things from a musculoskeletal standpoint. Mm-hmm. And how can we use movement or touch in order to modulate those nervous system signals so that they can keep moving while all those deep-seated background noise well, and thoughts exactly that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's yeah, it's powerful. It's a process. It is. You know, I think one of the reasons why I know that people are waking up more is mm-hmm. because I have a lot of clients right now mm-hmm. that are doctors mm-hmm. in the medical field, a lot, and scientists. Like, how cool is that? Super cool. Mm-hmm. So Super cool. not just for, you know, one specific area, multiples mm-hmm. and dentists and these people that are like, they were taught in medical school mm-hmm. about the science of the body and all the electrons and all the atoms and all the energy that we cannot physically see, mm-hmm. and yet it's very real. Very real. Mm-hmm. Very real. That's how I start. When I describe it to my patients about, like, what is going on, mm-hmm. I always tell them, like, first of all, we know, scientifically proven, we know we have electricity in our body, yeah. right? We've got mm-hmm. all the E's. We've got the EMGs and the EKGs mm-hmm. and the EEGs. Did I cover them all? My nurse friend, all these. Okay. Um, so we've got all of those, right? So we know. People are like, oh, yeah, I've, I've had those done or I've seen those done. I know that those exist, right? right. That's that's indisputable. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, that energy, that the, that flowing of electricity through our body can, right. like, permeate mm-hmm. from our body. It doesn't can. It's not can permeate. It does permeate it does. from our body. And 
we can tell that when you go and you you meet somebody and you're like, ooh, I think I don't ever want to see that person again, right? Or, ooh, I think, like, I don't know what happened in this room, but, like, I don't think I want to linger. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone's walked into that room where nothing was said and you know something weird just happened. Mm -hmm. And you get the heck out of Dodge, you know? So it's like people are like, oh, yeah, I have had that experience before. And I'm like, okay, so... That is you picking up on other people's aura or energy that's kind of been left behind in there or whatever the case is. Vibes are off. The vibes are off, and it is having then an effect on your system. Yeah. And now you are internalizing that potentially. Right. What our goal is is that when we have some sort of strong experience or even the moderate experiences, the body can hold on to that, and it can just hide it away in whatever little area of your body it wants to hide it. Mm -hmm. And we don't necessarily know that. I don't know that. I don't know that. I'm like, that's what the body code people know. That's what (laughs) they can help you find, right? Like, just like you didn't know that you were clenching your pelvic floor when I said try to relax and you said Mm -hmm. I did, and I'm like, "Mm, that was a really great attempt. Maybe let's try again to actually relax. I can help you tune into the fact that that is holding on to tension. I can't tune. I can't tune into the fact. I don't have the skill level right now to say, "Oh, you're holding on to a trauma from when you were 12 years old in your pineal gland." <laughs> I don't know how to do that, right? That's not my area of expertise. But you guys have that area of expertise where you can help if that is where their body is holding on to something to be able to sense that and to be able to or read that from their body or, you know, do your magic wizardry stuff and <laughs> clear it I all I love when she starts the spiral of like, it's weird. It's weird and I don't know what's happening, <laughs> but weird. it works. And then all of a sudden it kind of just like opens up the floodgates of the cascading of events of things to occur. Right. I'm like, it's like there's, you've got dams in your body at all these places and it's Shrek like, had it right. <laughs> we are an onion. An onion. Everybody yes. likes a parfait. Right. And nobody like, everybody likes Those a parfait. Layers, you guys. <laughs> Ogres are onions. We have layers. <laughs> oh, it's a Friday right. night and we are doing movie night tonight with the kids and we might have to pull out Shrek for tonight. You're welcome. You yeah. the thing. I love Shrek. It's a classic. Although I'll tell you what, like when you watch Shrek as an adult, it's like, yep. Mike Myers was definitely involved in this because oh, yeah. there's oh, a yeah. lot there's a lot there uh-huh. that is not super obvious when you're a kid and as an adult you're like that's a great movie oh. though because it's geared towards still being okay for children to see mm-hmm. and the adults can be laughing and yeah. being like this is Oh, I've got, like, just reel after reel playing in my head right now that I'm just going to sit here and giggle the whole rest of the time. Shrek mode. Like, Chelsea, you you hang out. You guys do your thing. I'm just going to sit here and watch Shrek in my brain right now, laughing at Lork Farquaad. Oh, yeah. He's a great character. Oh, my gosh. John Lithgow voiced him, right? I think so. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Which is so funny because... Okay, Ryan always thinks I'm crazy because I know so much about, like, actors and actresses and mm-hmm. stuff like that. He's like, how do you know this? Because he doesn't remember names. I'm like, how do you know who won the Stanley Cup in 1994? Oh. Like, oh, I mean, yeah. people just hold on to whatever things they hold Hello, on to. Hello, memory fields. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I Here's think, the subconscious in action. There it is. Yeah. And I was like, when I found out, because I'm fairly confident he's what I'm thinking about, but he was, like, all dramatic. Like, did all drama first until he did Third Rock from the Sun where he was, like, mm-hmm. you know, the leader. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, total Central. comedy. And then he was one of the serial killers in Dexter. And I was oh, like, really? and that was a I season that. that I had to stop watching because it was like super messed up. And I was like, like and we're done here. Farquaad. I know. A killer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, what a journey he's been on. <laughs> 
Oh, my word. Okay, my mind is bending over here, but I appreciate that. Chelsea, I see a list of questions, girl. I do have a question. So, okay. with my own journey, yeah. right, when I came to you, I was post-hysterectomy. I had already started working with Allison. Mm-hmm. She referred me for sweating. That was the initial <laughs> initial situation, right? That's where we started. That's where we started. And very but quickly. I do remember that now. I was like, you're yeah, real nice sweaty. Sweats. Yeah. You're real sweaty. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my she gosh, was like, sweating more. sweats. And she's like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I got a little something. <laughs> they were just in there, so we're pretty sure it's not cancer. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't know oh why you're sweating so bad. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I saw it ovaries, so we were like, mm, yeah, unsure. Maybe yeah. try this. Mm-hmm. And uh, very quickly, you were able to tap into a lot of generational trauma mm-hmm. within my reproductive system, mm-hmm. which is where, you know, everything had been focused. So I'm curious if you have seen that as a pattern within your own work, if you've seen that people have really intense um, physical ailments, physical illnesses, mm-hmm. that there is a generational piece to it mm-hmm. most of the time, or if it kind of hit or miss or what you've seen. Yeah, that's a great question too. So. Yes, generational energy is definitely something that I see coming from a physical trauma standpoint and just gets passed down, right? Um, Just like you can take it to a really, really serious space. And outside of session, I'm such a goof, you guys. This is a funny thing about me. Mm -hmm. I don't know that you know this about me, but like you can also take it to a really not so serious space. Mm -hmm. Like generationally, most families have a team, like, oh, we, we're a Celtic family, you know, like, mm-hmm. we're going to root for the Dolphins. I don't know about sports at all, but that's what came to mind. <laughs> and so, like, everybody has kind of this, this thing where, well, you were born into it. Yeah. Well, trauma is the same thing. Mm-hmm. You can be born into it. So, actually, in my own personal work, when I started, and some generational energy would come up, and in my personal work, I've been back 16 generations plus in my personal work, wow. and you know, it's like bigger than ancestry.com. Yeah, really deep stuff. And I remember in session again, I was going in person with my practitioner at the time and being like, This is so boring, I don't care about my ancestors. Can we please work on me? And being like kind of snobby about it, mm-hmm. but you know, it was my moment, and I, that's what I wanted. I wanted my moment, yeah. and so I was like, I don't care, I don't know about what was happening 16 generations ago, or really even like four more. Like, did not interest me at all. Those are some of my most profound sessions. I would feel so significantly different afterward, so mm-hmm. much lighter, freer, happier, significantly so after mm-hmm. processing time that I was like, oh, crap, that is legit. We <laughs> might have to do a session then um, specifically On for our... Uh, yes, and specifically for our youngest because mm-hmm. when we did 23andMe, they had these things called like haplogroups where it's like you're... the they trace the gene all the way back to, like, the original, like, group of Ooh, genes. Okay. Um, and then it's like, oh, who else? Like, what famous person was also in this haplogroup? So you're oh, not, like, a direct descendant of them, but you right. have a common descendant. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I don't know my paternal haplogroup because none of the males in my family have done this. So I only have, oh. like, the X chromosome. Okay. Um, but our X chromosome is the same haplogroup as... Um, I don't know if you're into, like, anthropology at all. I watch a lot of, like, Discovery Channel, History Channel type stuff. Um, If I could be anything else in the world, it would be anthropology. I think cultures are really, really cool. That is cool. Um, And there was this, this, like, Viking leader that they had found, this gravesite for it. It's, like, a pristine gravesite, and it was, like, buried with, like, you know, horses and and dice, which I guess were only for, like, military leaders and Mm. all these things and, you know, all this stuff. They're like, this must have been a really, really high high up 
person within the Viking military, whatever. Um, Many, many years later, as they learned more about skeletal anatomy and, you know, Mm -hmm. differences between sexes as far as, you know, pelvises go, they're like, oh, this is a woman. This person that we thought was a woman. And so so it was super, super cool. So, and I remember when being younger and watching, um, like Discovery Channel, like episodes on this, mm-hmm. like Viking leader who ended up being a woman, and it changed the entire idea of what we knew about Vikings mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. That's so awesome. And that Viking leader is part of our ex Haplogroup. group. Cool. And so sometimes when our youngest is being particularly strong willed, mm-hmm. we'll call it, <laughs> um, we would call her Freya. <laughs> Just like her own little Viking leader name. There you go. Um, yeah, so I was like, oh, this would be interesting because I, I have we have no idea if we're like a direct descendant mm-hmm. or right, right. whatever. But well, and it'd even be if it wasn't direct, that energy would still be, mm-hmm. you know, part of the loop somewhere. That's so crazy. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, that was that was really something that we should work on. Yeah, <laughs> that'd, that'd be, be interesting. Fun. Mm-hmm. That'd be super <laughs> interesting. I know. Also, so within my journey, Allison has kind of been able to pinpoint that like my healing my physical healing really took a jump forward a leap forward if you will catapulted me when I started practicing the body code Hmm. myself when I started learning the actual work right Mm -hmm. so is there anything behind the scenes there that you have seen or noticed that like how that happens well yes because that's you stepping into your power it's you stepping into just your truth and knowing, like, I don't have to rely on somebody else to do this for me all the time. Mm-hmm. I can do this for me. So, yeah, that makes to- so much sense, total sense, in knowing that you've just been able to get to know you. Right. Which is going to also support your physical body, mm-hmm. your emotional body, your spiritual connection. Right. How you connect to other people. You know, that's the other really cool thing about this work. I've seen entire family energies healed. Mm-hmm. By one person doing the work. It's mm-hmm. even better when more people can do the work. But, yeah, just by one. It's incredible. Yeah. Do you have a lot of clients who go forward to do this for others? Yes. Yes, and I think it's so important. If there's even an inkling, whether it be in their energy body for what their subconscious is saying or they verbally expressed it to me in a session, I'm like, do it. Do it, please. There are 8 billion people in this world. Mm-hmm. We all need support, and you can choose the best version of yourself, and you can support other people in supporting their best versions, too. Like, I am a firm believer that we're all here to win. I love that. And it's not a participation trophy. It's you doing the work, mm-hmm. and you can do it. I think the really cool thing about it is that, like, as you start kind of clearing away all the junk that's been kind of clouding your vision, yeah. and you can start to see kind of, like, what it what your path is more clearly mm-hmm. it helps you step outside of what you've been told your whole life your path should be mm-hmm. you know oh yeah and it's like it now you can up. start finding so much joy without the nice cars or the big houses or the fancy vacations or the millions of friends you can have a really close-knit group of people that are super fulfilling in your life you can have you know you can live without that that scarcity of not making enough or you can live Mm -hmm. without that scarcity of you know i'm not being a good enough parent or i'm not healthy enough or i'll never be you know Mm -hmm. all of those exclusives that a lot of people live in i I always or i never you know Mm -hmm. you can start putting those down i always and i never are great ways to pinpoint a limiting belief Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. like ding Mm -hmm. 
Because that's, okay, if that's true and it's serving your highest good, then it's going to serve your highest good. Mm -hmm. And if it's not working for you, it's pretty quickly something we would want to look at. Yeah. Like, I feel like the only way that I will use, like, I always is will be like, I will always try to be flexible. Yeah. You know, like that's the only one that I'm like willing to kind of commit to anymore. Because I used to say like, yeah, I will always be doing this, Mm -hmm. you know, even if it's like a something that I think is helpful, you know, even if it's like I will, I will always have yoga as a part of my life, you know, Mm -hmm. well, sometimes yoga falls to the wayside for like two or three months, you know, and, and I, I miss it. And I'm like, Oh, now I need to get back to it. And I needed to miss it in order to get back to it and get what I needed out Mm -hmm. of it, you know? So I feel like always and never are, like you said, very good ways to find those, those limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think language is so important, especially. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. What we call ourselves too. So that's a huge one actually that in the conscious part of the body code sessions, um, you know, people will say my anxiety. Mm -hmm. That's a common one. Okay. Pause. I want you to take a deep breath with me, and I want you to remind yourself that it's not yours if you don't want it. (laughs) Don't call it mine. That's huge. It's one of the most profound conscious repatternings that we can do for ourselves is to stop claiming things that aren't ours over ourselves. Yeah. That's really interesting because, yeah, because there is this almost like like escapism from responsibility yeah. to it. Well, you know? it's easy to place the blame then. Yeah. Like, oh, well, it's just my anxiety. Yeah. Well, is it? Uh-huh. I bet there's a little something else to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a really oh, good yeah. one. Even, and we've done that even with, like, with my financials. Mm-hmm. As you've mentored me as I've, like, done this journey, really mm-hmm. even, like, the debt versus mm-hmm. my debt. Yes. Mm-hmm. Having it be very specific. Mm-hmm. It's not something you don't want. Don't claim it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. Well, that leads me into my my last question for today. Okay. Um, what is, let's say somebody is like, you know what? I'm not ready to necessarily go into a body code session. Yeah. But I am interested in like how to be a little bit more aware of like what is going on with myself. What is like one takeaway somebody could do today mm-hmm. to start kind of being a little bit more in tune with themselves to kind of get them to that point where they feel like, you know, there is more to this than just what I've been told. Yeah. My mind is racing. Like there's a lot of different suggestions and really depending on where somebody is in their life, that Mm -hmm. would be different. But I would say actually the, the language piece, I would Mm -hmm. start there. Mm -hmm. Ask, like notice what you're claiming over yourself. That's a great way to start. Physical pain or imbalances in the body are also a great place to start. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just having a session this week with someone and she said, the emotion of peeved came up. Okay. This is a great example actually. And I said, Hey, so the emotion of peeved is coming up from your subconscious. Have you been irritated about something or have you even had a rash? And I thought she was going to like fall out of her chair because she was like, I've had the weirdest rash. (laughs) And I'm like, that's irritation. That's peeved. Let's get it cleared. So it like just trickles really quickly. So just observing your own body can Mm -hmm. also be a really great way to start noticing or people that deal with a lot of shoulder pain. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, let's notice that. Why are you putting the weight of the world on your shoulders? Mm -hmm. What's that about for you? Mm -hmm. Like, do you think you could take that down a little bit? Like, what are you doing to take care of you if the whole weight of the world is on your shoulders? Mm -hmm. Now, other things will create physical pain in the body. And I get that, but you can usually pinpoint it down to something that was an emotional space first. Mm -hmm. So just being within yourself, yeah. noticing you is if you're not ready to take the leap for a session, totally understand and start observing how you're treating yourself. Mm-hmm. I would say that was one of the bigger things for me. Like it's when like, I started like realizing 
Because I mean, I, you you mentioned some of that stuff to me before too, and I would like realize like how how many of those limiting beliefs I would have, or how mm. much I would say like I would just say things with such certainty that like didn't need to be <laughs> certain, you know? Mm-hmm. It was just like well, this is just how it is, and it's like mm. this is certainly uncertain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty much yeah, that's very good. Chelsea, that was my last question for Jay. Do you have anything else you want to add? I just laughed at you and now I lost it. <laughs> so recently, as my practice has been building, I've mm-hmm. been bringing a lot of clients with a lot of complex histories. And um, something that's brilliant about the body code also could be quote-unquote unbelievable, right, is is the time frame that people actually mm, feel better. Yes. And so what have you seen with that? Like, do you have people who it's like one session and they are – they're like, I don't feel that anymore. It's gone completely. Mm-hmm. Or like, it does it take more? Like, what's what's been your journey? Yeah, that's a fun one. Um, people ask, like, usually after their first session, well, okay, so what do I do now? And like, what do I expect? And I always use myself as the reference because that's the one that I know the best, mm-hmm. which is like, well, I've been doing this work for like 12 years. So it's my support. It's how I self-care. And then if I do need something I have that relationship already built and that buoy is there and I can get the support I need for myself if I need something. Mm -hmm. But yes, I have seen the one and done and I've seen some miraculous healing. Um, When I was going through training, there was this woman that I worked with and she came in on a walker because she just had a double hip replacement and visible pain in her body. Her body said, I actually do want to work on my heart wall. And she called it hers and because it was at the time. And we cleared that and it was, and it was released and it was good. And I'm thinking like, I was in that training period where I'm like, am I doing this right? Like, this seems pretty straightforward because it was, and this work usually is. And she forgot the walker, you guys. (laughs) It was still leaning against the wall. The hip pain was completely gone, completely gone. And her heart was reconnected. So, yes, the one-and-done thing is real. But, you know, then there were additional sessions where there were other layers that benefited her to clear, but the pain physically, toast, gone. Wow. I think Bye. that's what the, the coolest thing about body code is, is you go into it with one intention. Yeah. You're like, I want to get rid of and this. And then you see all the roots. Right. Well, or, mm-hmm. or you can see, like, I actually like, didn't think that we'd be able to get rid of that, or mm-hmm. I didn't think we'd be able to move on from that, and mm-hmm. now that we're talking, yeah. uh, actually, this is also <laughs> bothering me, too, um, you right. know? And it's like, oh, wow, all of these things I just thought were my burden, my cross to bear, mm-hmm. are things that I can, like, leave behind. Yeah. Because it doesn't need to be part of me if I don't want it to be part of me, which I think is... So cool. Yeah. Um, I lied. I do have one more question because that story was awesome. Um, <laughs> is that your craziest story or what is your craziest, oh my gosh. like your single, like the thing when someone's like, tell me your craziest story. Like what is the one that pops in your head? So many of them I know. That, yeah. I know. Because your job is weird. <laughs> my job, and it's not my job, it's my passion. True. And it, that's what makes it so cool. <laughs> um, the hip one is one of my all-time favorites because I was going through training and I was like, I'll never forget this. Mm-hmm. Wild. Mm-hmm. Birth stories really are one of my favorites too, though. Birth journeys and those that are. I heard bird side. and I was oh, like, I don't birth. think we covered any birds yet. Yeah, uh, birth <laughs> with a birth. th at the end. I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those ones are always beautiful. Just seeing that manifestation of what. Mm-hmm. was within now being earth side. That would have been really cool if I knew you before we had our final baby. Mm. Yeah, that would have been cool. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much today. This was uh, the the best ever. I'm just like so happy to (laughs) just be here and and chat with you about this. Um, Anybody who is listening who feels like, you know, some of this stuff might sound a little bit interesting. Where can they, where could they find you to either ask some questions or find Mm -hmm. somebody in their area Mm -hmm. or get on your schedule or whatever the case is. So you can find my work at alivingwelllife.com under the body code sessions Mm -hmm. segment of that website. Um, like I said, I don't really have any other social media platforms. So the scheduling is all done through that one website. That's how you can reach me. Um, and then as far as the other practitioners, there's a practitioner map, um, that is on discoverhealing.com if you'd really want that. But I would say because of 2020 and some of the other things they we really did all recognize how beneficial remote work is and mm-hmm. it's just as effective, mm-hmm. um, and efficient and amazing and time-saving really because you don't have to drive anywhere um so you can find a practitioner on discover healing as well or just connect with me or chelsea yeah. <laughs> like we're here yes come hang <laughs> well thank you everybody for listening today i hope this was enlightening to you about how um extensive the whole system is in healing and how there can be a lot more beneath the surface than what we think there is and that when we are able to get in touch with that we really can clear it out and have really really fulfilling healthy happy joyous lives um if you think this is for you please feel free to reach out we would love to get you connected with somebody who would be a great fit for you um please share this with anybody who you know in your life that you're thinking of right now that you think, yep, this would be good for them too. Um, We just want to help our communities get happier, healthier, and joyous all around. And we hope everybody has a fantastic week. Thank you guys for being here and celebrating with us this moment of true coming circle, like full circle circle. within our journeys. It just has been wonderful. So cool. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us today for another wonderfully uplifting episode. If you're listening right now, know that this message was intended for you to hear and that great things are meant for you as a beautifully and divinely designed creature of God and spirit. If you're interested in finding out more about how to tune into your body and listen to the messages it's trying to give you, check out the show notes for more information about Caitlin and the work she does with the body code. You will also find links to get in touch with Chelsea and Allison, as well as a special invitation to join our online community of creators, healers, and everyone in between that is just striving to become a little more authentic and a little more joyous every day. Until next time, this has been the healing arts of being you. Wishing you love and light.